You know, here at the at South Shores Church, you just notice Pastor Ty likes to get in a little uh, participation, um, even when they're maybe not suspecting. I'd love to give a little participation from you, because I know you're not suspecting it, though Micah, Pastor Micah did have you give some great back rubs last week. Uh, my participation with you is going to be a little bit different. What I want to do is call out a, a, a brand, a, a name, a business... And I want you to just think in, in one word and go ahead and shout it out what you think uh, they produce. It, it should be pretty easy. So if I say Starbucks, you say, oh, you see, you're pretty good already. <laughs> Drink a lot of Starbucks too, don't you? Yeah, no, it's not confession time. If I say Rolex, you say, if I say Toyota, you say, if I say McDonald's, you say, now, this time in... Nobody's been able to hold their tongue so far, but I want you to internalize this next one. I want you to just think it rather than say it. If I say the church, what do you think you'd say? Will you say love or faith or, or good works or, or theology? What would it be? We've been in a series called We Are the Church for the past four weeks now. And each week we've begun with looking at uh, the picture of really the, the birth of the church. It's infancy steps in the book of Acts in chapter 2. And I too want to begin there. But as I'm reading it out loud, I want you to be thinking through the question, what does the church produce? This is Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What does the church produce? You might read through this chapter, and especially if you have an HR background, you might think chaos. It's confusion. It's a logistical nightmare. They're, they're selling stuff, and they're distributing it, and every time they meet, they have to eat. Are they Baptists? <laughs> It gives you the impression of a frenzy, but, it, but it's also beautiful, is it not? They are worshiping God, they are serving each other, they're doing life together, and they're characterized by unity and generosity and a focus on Christ. But what is the church producing? Uh, look at verse 47, if you have your Bibles open. It says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The church, from its inception, was a gathering that produces saved people. Saved people that are then brought in to become part of the rest of the church. Well, what do we call these people? These people who are increasing and multiplying that the church is producing. Well, if we look at Acts chapter 6, verse 7, we see this. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. According to Acts, the church produces disciples. And what we want to know this morning is, is that the norm? Is that what's supposed to usually happen? Is that what we're called to be a part of? 
Is this just some phenomenon of the early church that had to happen so it could get on its feet and get going and God picked some just extraordinary people in order to make it happen? Or is this a description of something that God desires of all Christians and all churches everywhere to be about in everything we do? To put it another way, our big question this morning are these uh, two questions. What is the mission of the church? And then where do you fit in? And the answer that I want you to leave here imprinted in your head and in your heart is this. The church's mission is disciples making disciples. Because disciples uh, can be a little difficult word. South Shore's church, our mission is growing fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And that's something we want each and every person to be a part of. But before we can get too far into that answer, we have to consider the question, well, what is a disciple? Word disciple is not exactly a contemporary term. It's not in vogue. We're not using it all the time in normal conversation unless we're discussing Da Vinci's Last Supper. Then we might do it. Or in a Bible study. Or maybe if you had to peg someone as being a disciple that you know, it'd be the person who's really, 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 really devout. But that's not you. But really the word means follower. In the time of Jesus, disciples were students. They were the apprentices that would follow a, a rabbi who's a Jewish teacher around everywhere he went, learning from his life and his words. If you can turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, we see here that there are three basic marks of Jesus' disciples. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, that is Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. The first mark of a disciple is that a disciple is called by Jesus. A disciple is called by Jesus. While other rabbis, when they were ready to do ministry and they were ready to accumulate some disciples, they would be in one place and expect the prospective students to come to them. And then they'd say, well, here's a quiz, here's this, here's that, do you know this? All right, and then they'd skim off just the very top. But we don't find Jesus doing that. We find Jesus searching, not among top candidates, but among fishermen. And in the next chapter, tax collectors, common, overlooked, ordinary men. Jesus didn't wait for the best and the brightest. Jesus went out seeking, and he took on those who weren't good enough for the standards of the world. And he said to them, follow me. Literally, walk with me. It was a technical term for become my disciple. He called them. A disciple is called by Jesus. The second mark of a disciple is that a disciple responds in repentance and belief in the gospel. If we go back just two verses in Mark 1, we discover that follow me was not the beginning of Jesus' message. It says this in verse 14, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus was proclaiming this gospel, which means good news about God. And what was the good news? God was bringing his kingdom. Now, that, 